The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. Today on our show, we're focusing on the work of one of Portland's newer nonprofits, Adopt One Block. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. Uh, Olivia Langley is the operations manager for a relatively new uh, nonprofit, Adopt One Block. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show. What are people adopting a block to do? Great question. Essentially, Adopt One Block is focused on removing trash, litter, and debris from our neighborhoods and public streets, um, predominantly in the Portland metro area, though we are live across all of Oregon. So there's a lot of questions about that because it's like, well, shouldn't this be happening? Why is this a problem? But let's let's start with some numbers. So. Um, there are 3,000 blocks in Portland, is that right? Um, let's see, so according to the city, there's about between 12 and 13,000 official blocks um, within the city parameters of Portland. Um, and so as of today, we are just over a year of being you know, officially active as a 501c3 in the area. Um, and right now we have a little over 5,000 block ambassadors covering um, over 6,300 blocks. So we have a very um, comfortable amount of blocks covered in the area. And essentially, you know, our goal is to really empower people with handling a problem that I think has continued to worsen over the last few years. So about half the blocks are covered by a block right. ambassador. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who are the block ambassadors? Like what, what is, well, first off, what's the problem here? So, so I think that anyone that's been out in Portland in the last couple of years has certainly noticed that uh, trash has increased. Um, that's the problem. And that's the problem that uh, Frank Moscow, uh, who you work with, uh, yes. identified. Can you tell Absolutely. me just a little bit about that story? Was he out uh, walking one day and he just said, that's that? Uh, or, <laughs> or how did this, was, was this a buildup or was this a sudden bolt of inspiration? Yeah, you're, you're certainly on the right path. Um, so essentially, Frank Moscow is the founder of Adopt One Block. He is a Portland, Oregon native. He was born just a few fl- few blocks from where I'm currently sitting. Um, and he is someone who is very passionate about community and about his home. And so he retired a few years ago from kind of the high tech industry um, here in Portland. And as he started to spend more time, you know, walking throughout his home and his community, obviously these last few years, you know, anyone who lives in this area has, you know, um, noticed that the trash has continued to accumulate and that's due to a variety of reasons. Um, and I'm happy to go into those. Um, prior to me coming into this role, I had no idea how complicated trash removal could be. Um, there are so many different factors that go into it, but to keep it, you know, short and simple is the combination with the pandemic and, and everything that comes along with that has just resulted in, in a situation that is really tough to 
look at, to be honest. And so for Frank, a couple of years ago, as he started walking around, he took on some of the hardest blocks in Portland and started cleaning them up himself. Um, and so you hit the nail on the head when it got to a point for him with a bit of frustration of, you know, why is it like this? Why does it have to be this way? You know, I don't understand. Aren't there, you know, certain things within the city to be able to remove this trash? Um, and so he started scratching his head and he started thinking, you know, if we have all of these cleanup groups and organizations, why does the city still look this way? And so for him, he kind of had a light bulb go off. And um, essentially what is under the hood, if you will, of Adopt One Block is a unique mapping technology. And so um, when anyone who goes to you know, adoptoneblock.org, which is our website, they'll see a pretty clean and simple um, front facing platform where you can you know, put in your name, your address, and it'll pop up a map that map will show you the nearest available block to you in your area to quote unquote adopt. And so essentially what happened for Frank is Google API has never delineated the um, parameters of a square block. They've been focused on getting from point A to point B, which is um, very interesting. And obviously most people have taken some sort of transportation, be that a taxi or Uber or Lyft. Um, and so this is kind of the same idea, but a slightly different lens. And so Frank came up with um, essentially the idea of how to do something like this, and then spent a couple of years working with software developers to figure out, okay, if we put in an address, how do we make this process as simple and easy as possible for someone to go online, you know, with minimal technology background and adopt a block. And so essentially that's what he worked on for a couple of years. And here we are today with that technology in place with the goal being to make it as, you know, how do we make it as easy as possible to give people a bite-sized amount to tackle something that feels honestly very overwhelming and, and alarming and at times scary to look at depending on where you are and what your neighborhood is. Okay, you just gave us a lot to talk about. I wanna, I wanna, <laughs> Uh, hone in on one idea that, so this is really, what's fascinating about this, is that it's really a tech focused solution, uh, a very digital solution for a very physical problem. Yes. Um, and I wanna just start with that because I do, I do think that's sort of a, a very pedestrian or uh, immediate understanding about trash is like, well, one, oh, we all have neighborhood cleanups that should take care of it. And, and two, if that doesn't take care of it, like, city, county, metro, uh, you know, the, 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 the disposal company that I contract with. So um, those two things, uh, the already, what's, what was falling short with the, the neighborhood cleanups? Yeah, I mean, there's, it's a little complicated and there's a variety of reasons, but to, again, keep it short and simple is specifically talking about Portland right now, having regular trash service is sort of becoming a middle-class luxury, if you will. Um, depending on where you are located, um, some folks only have one bin, um, you know, once every two weeks, specifically here in Portland. And so depending on, you know, if you're a multi-generational household or if you're a large family, um, recycling these days is very confusing. Most things that say you can recycle, you actually can't, you have to throw away. And so essentially what's happening is, is the, the high level of it is it's become really difficult to do the right thing, which is to put our trash in our bins, to have it taken away, to recycle. And illegal dumping is something that has become rampant over the last few years. It is very difficult to find anyone who is dumping illegally. It's hard to track down, especially if it's happening, you know, on more remote streets or areas that are just, you know, outside of the city. And so it's a combination of one, not having enough funding and services for, you know, regular residents, 
within the neighborhoods. And then two, you know, it's not just, um, I think here in Portland, uh, many folks tend to put uh, a large blame on the houseless for the trash that we see in our streets. And while that certainly is a factor, it is not the only reason. And again, illegal dumping has really become something where, you know, if you're driving in or out of Portland and you notice that there's two by fours and toilets and couches and all of these large things, um, those are not necessarily coming from the houseless. Those are coming from, you know, be it um, larger companies or regular people that, you know, are like you and I that don't have the means to properly dispose of these things. And so, you know, unfortunately, it's not a super clear answer that I can give you, but it's a combination of all of these smaller factors that pile in and make the mess that we see today. And so um, I'll pause if you have a question. Well, I, have, I have a number of questions still. I, and, and I'm going to go back. Um, I mean, I love that this is a positive solution. I think that certainly a, a percentage of all of our Portland's residents conversation has been about trash. Um, yes. uh, it's just, it's a very visible um, part of life in the city these days. So it's wonderful that it's a positive solution. Um, I want to veer a little bit differently. Why a nonprofit? Um, right? I mean, so so uh, Frank Moscow is coming out of uh, tech world and he's created what essentially, you know, could be an app. Um, why make it a nonprofit? Good question. I think because the goal wasn't to monetize this technology or idea, but instead to give people a bite-sized, easy way to contribute to their communities, to be a part of the solution. You know, this is something that is so large and so big, and frankly, will take many conversations and probably some law changes to, to totally fix and get to the root of the problem. And so, you know, not to speak totally for Frank, but I do work with him day to day. Um, you know, he really wanted to come up with a way for people to, to really be a part of the change. Um, this is something where we wanted it to not be too overwhelming. You know, the ask if you become a volunteer, we like to call our volunteers uh, proudly block ambassadors. And, um, and you can adopt, adopt up to two square blocks, um, those vary in size as a volunteer. But the ask is to, to the extent that you can, clean up that block on at least a weekly basis or at least, you know, once every couple of weeks. And so on the, you know, the main focus of adopt is, trying to get away from the one-off cleanup events. You know, the focus is really how do we create a consistent cleaning cadence so that when we go out of our front door and we look at our street and our neighborhood and we're picking it up and we're caring for it, it's really about how do we reinstill that sense of pride for the spaces that we inhabit and call home. Um, Olivia Langley is operations manager for Adopt One Block. Now you brought in some music for us. There's, there's, I'm, I'm not going to lead you into this, but I feel like there's, there's a couple bands that that jump to mind right away: the Trashmen and Surfing Bird. But what, what song <laughs> did you bring to us? You know, it's so funny. I, I was doing some uh, music research over the weekend in preparation for this, and it's hard to find a song that is. A, good, and B specifically talks about cleaning up trash. And so I decided to go with a song instead that is um, slightly different track, but same idea. Um, I chose a song called Sometimes by an artist called Goth Babe, um, which is kind of a cover name for an artist called Griff Washburn. And the reason why I chose the song is because this is um, a 20-something gentleman who lives here in Oregon and is a conservationist for um, the environment and is just someone who cares about the spaces that we inhabit and and wants to make sure that they remain as 
as pristine and beautiful as they should be, whether that's our neighborhoods or our environment. And so I chose a song that is hopeful, that feels good, um, because really we want Adopt One Block to be about positivity, to be about bringing hope back into a problem that honestly has caused a lot of anguish and despair. Sounds like a perfect choice. Oh, 
This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am talking with Olivia Langley, who's Operations Manager for Adopt One Block, uh, a, a, a relatively new organization that is has adopted five, 6,000 city blocks in Portland, almost half the blocks, uh, to help with cleanup. Um, now, one of the things that, that, I mean, you're Operations Manager, so I'm assuming you are dealing with the uh, ambassadors, the block ambassadors. Yes, I um, am. That sounds tricky. I mean, so. <laughs> it's a good word for it. Um, there's a lot of goodwill uh, that, that I imagine comes your way and good intentions. Uh, and, and people want to become a block ambassador to help clean up and, and, and do well. Um, good intentions do not always qualify people to do the job or to carry through. Correct. Um, is, is that diplomatically said? Um, how do you how do you filter? I mean, is it is it if somebody shows up that they get the ambassador to drop or, or is there a, a, a filter or qualifications? Good question. Um, I mean, the simple answer is is not really. I mean, this is something that is totally you self opt in. There's, you know, we wanted it to be as low barrier as possible. And so a lot of the work that our volunteers are doing, um, you know, we did not want to become an organization that was, you know, like Big Brother. We didn't want people to feel like we were going to be aggressively checking in on them or shaming them for not doing the thing that they've committed to do. This is really about creating a new ideology of how we think about our, our community and how we think about our ability to make change. And so the people that our organization has been attracting want to be a part of this positive change. They want to be making a difference. And I would find it a little odd if someone signed up for our organization and you know despised our mission or didn't like what we're doing, because if they felt that way, I would think that they simply would not sign up. Um, and so the beautiful thing is, you know, being on the receiving end of thousands of volunteers, I do hear the voices and the frustration and the anguish of all of the things that are going on with the city. And, you know, blame is being thrown left and right. But at the end of the day, the thing that makes people feel good is being handed a set of tools and being told, yes, you can pick up trash in your neighborhood. No one's going to stop you. It's a good thing to do. It makes you feel good. And the amazing thing is that when volunteers do go outside their front door and they are picking up trash, their neighbors are giving them thank yous. People have received free meals. I mean, there's all kinds of things that have been happening, you know, not that the name of the game should be to do a good thing to get something in return per se. Um, but I think that for the majority of our volunteers, they see the ripple effects of their positive activity. And it's a, it's a really interesting thing. You know, you don't need to be a block ambassador to pick up trash. You can do this on your own at any given time, anywhere you are, whether you're in Oregon or, you know, across the globe. But there's something really interesting about that social um, approval of once you see other people doing something, you're more likely to do that thing. And so when it comes to picking up trash, now, you know, I'm starting to see even in my own neighborhood here in Portland, all of our block ambassadors out and about. And it's, it is inspiring. It's simple, but it, it really goes a long way. Yeah, no, positive reinforcement is incredibly uh, powerful. Um, is there, it, does it get political? I mean, like, is, is <laughs> like, I'm just wondering if someone's like, I want to be the ambassador and my block's already <laughs> claimed. Um, um, uh, you know, your question, does it get political? Um, 
could be taken a variety of ways. So uh, amongst the block ambassadors, sometimes we have people that are very passionate about their area and say their block has already been adopted. Um, and so we certainly, you know, part of my job is to work with those volunteers to find, you know, teams or collaborations um, to share blocks or to work together. We have people that are doing this as a part of their, their company. And so their coworkers are collectively adopting a block that say their office is on. We have families that are doing this. There is, um, you know, there's a group of uh, families in the Hollywood neighborhood and they started doing something called Trash Tuesdays where, you know, once a week, the those adult block ambassadors are gathering the children in the neighborhood and they do their cleanup together. And so really the model is so malleable to whatever makes the most sense for our volunteers. We want this to be something that people want to do. We don't want to add a lot of strict, you know, rules and regulations on how you specifically have to clean up the trash. What we want to do is empower you with the tools, get you outside, you know, make sure that you're safe doing so, that you have everything that you need um, to do something that is good for the whole community. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting uh, um, management and operation in that, um, you know, how do you keep it centralized or how much do you keep uh, a rain, how much do you rein it in to keep it centralized and how much do you just let it, let it uh, become its own thing? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think that first and foremost, when, when you do have so many volunteers, having a, a crystal clear message about what we are and what we aren't is very important. Um, you know, and anyone who goes and visits our website, we, we kind of have a, a page of values of, you know, we're independent. So especially during the pandemic, this was something that people gravitated towards because you could do it as an individual or just with the people in your household, but you're a part of a larger collective. And so feeling like you are, you know, a thread in the, the fabric or the blanket of this positive change um, is something that was really important. And so being really clear about what we are, we are a nonprofit organization that is uh, has a very simple goal of removing as much litter, debris, and trash from our streets as possible. What we are not is we are not political. We are not here to you know put a crown on our head and say, look at us and look at all good things we're doing. Really, we are just trying to get people to do the right thing, have the right tools, and to you know feel a little less overwhelmed with the problems that are surrounding them. Yeah, that, that idea that you said about um, this is what you are and very specific. I would imagine, though, that there is uh, some gravity or some pull towards towards other missions. I mean, you know, as yeah. as you mentioned earlier in the show, that a lot of people associate uh, uh, trash that's on the street with with uh, houselessness issues. Um, <laughs> you know, other people, uh, you know, if, if it's if it's uh, dirty syringes, it gets into other elements. How do you, how do you tell people like, no, this like stay in your lane. This is all we do. Um, or I guess, first off, do you feel that pull as an organization to do other things, to do more things? Uh, and if so, how do you, how do you just keep in your lane? I would say gentle redirecting. <laughs> My job in particular, you know, again, I'm, I'm receiving all this communication from all of our volunteers, and there are so many strong emotions about this problem, you know, all across the board. Um, and so when I encounter folks who, A, either want to kind of hijack our mission and apply it to a different you know, problem here in, here in Portland, um, or if I have folks that are, are mad at us for you know, daring to do something like this because it shouldn't be our responsibility. You know, it should be the cities or the governments or, you know, what have you. Um, 
I'll go back to gentle redirection. And so I use that term because the intent is good and positive. Um, and so when it comes to, for example, if we have someone who says, well, why aren't you helping houseless? Um, you know, why aren't you cleaning up their camps? You know, it, again, a gentle reminder of that is super important work and it's very good work, but it's not the work that we do. We are here to support anyone, houseless or not, that wants to help clean up the city. We are happy to give out tools to whoever is interested, um, but we don't specialize in that type of work. But I'm happy to connect you with, you know, X, Y, and Z nonprofits here in the area that do. You know, we want to be as collaborative as possible with other nonprofits that are, you know, tackling this issue because it is, there's so much, um, overlap of issue and it is hard to talk about trash here in Portland without talking about houselessness. Um, but it's important to understand, you know, who are the experts and who whose missions are really targeted for what problem. And so what I do in my work is try to be a connector, be a bit of a liaison and help, you know, clarify what are city resources, you know, what are the right places for people to go to um, who want to tackle more of the problem outside of just picking up trash. Yeah, I really like that this is uh, um this organization is really a community builder. Um, yes. It's really, it's, you know, it's fascinating. It is not just about the trash pickup. That is just the manifestation. Hey, we just have a little bit more time here, but what, what's the weirdest thing that's been reported <laughs> to you? Oh my, <laughs> there's one that I think is at the top of my head that might be a bit inappropriate to say. There's all kinds of things out there in the streets, um, but we do have a, a really lively Facebook group um, that has uh, a little over 1,500 people that are active, and, and it is so interesting. Um, some of you know, you know our volunteers' favorite parts is they do their cleanups, they go out on their block, and then they pop into this Facebook group and share you know their weirdest finds, and it's something that we, we try to keep the fun. You know, this work is not necessarily glamorous and um, it is easy to burn out doing this. And so as much as possible, we try to remind people to take breaks when needed and to remind them that there is a lightheartedness side to this. There is fun in this. And so part of that fun is, you know, keeping an eye out for weird finds. I mean, we're getting anything from, you know, Barbie dolls and, you know, alcohol bottles to miscellaneous underwear. I mean, all kinds of things. Um, but keeping that positivity is something that people come back to and, and want to want to see and want to hear about again and again. I am curious about the Facebook group now. <laughs> Olivia Langley is operations manager for Adopt One Block. This is the nonprofit happy hour on X-Ray FM. Thank you so much for uh, talking trash. Yeah, thank you so much. The nonprofit happy hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in. 